excuse me while I whip this out. You are listening to the man that's a hero to people with small dicks everywhere. Steve Grillo, Aftershock. Why, hello, everybody. Guess yeah. what? what? It's uh, time for Aftershock XL here at Hangar Studios, uh, the new Hangar Studios, uh, stationed in Pro Media. Uh, my name is Steve Grillo, as everybody knows. Uh, we're doing another show today, but before I introduce my panel of sick, disturbed guests, uh, I want to thank all my sponsors off the bat, like Richard Prinzi from F-Sharp Tax Management. They do your taxes, and it's time to do your taxes. Wake up, everybody. You need to get your taxes done, and you want it done by Richard Prinzi at F-Sharp Tax Management. Okay, they do tax compliance management. They do tax audit risk restitution and registered agent services um they are some of the best tax people i've ever worked with they helped me so much they saved my life and they got the irs there goes off. the audience yeah they, they got the, they got the irs off my back and you're laughing because you're next mr roy mcdonald okay uh we got roy mcdonald here from bright shot they are the leading lighting led lighting company in the entertainment business they are only three point amps and they got no heat whatsoever roy mcdonald is creator, designer of the Bright Shot Light. They're used in so many different films. If you're watching a TV show and there's a police lights or a, there's, there's flashing lights or there's colored lights, it's most likely from Bright Shot. They are one of the most... They, they will help you with your budget. They will work with you. If you have a project and you need lighting and you don't use Bright Shot, you're absolutely out of your mind because they are so easy to use. They're, they're like the Swiss army knife of lights. Okay, I, I believe in them so much that I helped, I, I helped them out as much as I can. Like, I hated the heat from the lights when I worked on The Sopranos. And there's no heat from these lights. They're absolutely amazing. Then I want to talk about Wernstein of Beer, the beer company that's got your back. Um, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. It's like a crystal meth, man. Yeah. Are they? Are they, uh, are they, they still here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I was a vodka drinker. Now I'm a Warsteiner drinker. I got a refrigerator at home full of Warsteiner beer. Uh, people come over and they enjoy it. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Their their Pilsner is a refreshing pale golden Pilsner with a clean taste, balanced, hints of barley malt, subdual bottom fermenting yeast. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's fucking, uh, that's worse on (laughs) it. Uh, I just, just you know, uh, they, 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 it is a very good beer, and they're a very reliable company. And, Except uh, for paying. Uh, <laughs> James uh, DiCristofaro, the DCL firm. Are you overwhelmed with a toxic business relationships, business disputes, uh, and consume uh, too much of your time and distract you? Well, you want to go to James at the DCL firm. Uh, it's www.dclfirm.com. I just wanted to go through those really quick. And, uh, you know, we're here at Hangar Studios, the brand new, uh, we're going to be on camera real soon. And now everybody... I got some really interesting people to introduce you to. First, we already got Roy, Roy McDonald, and uh, we got comedian si- psycho oh, uh, Brian McCarthy. Can I, didn't Brightshot fire you? <laughs> well, pretty much. Right, I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah so uh, that, thanks, for, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> you over here like sucking this guy's dick, and he's like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. fired you. Uh, no, like, he's shit. a sponsor now. <laughs> oh, great. All right, then. listen. All right, yeah. whatever. And uh, here's someone I'm very excited to be uh, have on the air, the uh, Mr. John Holsham, everybody. Yeah, John Holsham is a absolute legend on the punk scene. He was there at CBGBs when they first started. They did a movie about him uh, at CBGBs. Now, John, explain everybody. Like you used to, you were an art student. You're an artist. He started and created Punk Magazine right there at the bar at CBGBs. Correct? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, We went to interview the Ramones, November 1975. 
Now, were they already, uh, were they just like a CB legend at that time, or were they uh, already, like, you know, did they make it already? They were well known at the club, but like that night, there was only about 20 people to see them. Wow. But one of the people was Lou Reed. Okay. So the Ramones manager says, hey, Lou's in the audience. Do you want to talk to him? Now, he had just released Metal Machine Music, which was a double album of feedback noise. Okay. <laughs> and... Yeah, he did. The, he put out this record to get out of uh, his his contract with his managers, but uh, I loved it, so I was thrilled to talk to him. Lou Reed seems like he would be like an angry guy for some reason. He was at his best at being obnoxious and insulting the whole time. I met him. I, I, I loved every he, minute. He wasn't so. He was nice to me. I mean, I met him at what was that producer's name? Fat guy uh, Arthur something. Uh, and uh, those two Spanish kids were always remixing all of his stuff. It was back in way in the day. Well, I don't know, but you know, he was Arthur Baker. Remember Arthur was, Baker? I don't remember Arthur okay. Baker, but but Lou was being Lou, like he was Johnny Rotten before Johnny <laughs> Rotten was Johnny. Yeah, like Rotten. I, I wouldn't fuck with Lou Reed. Like he's just someone. Like if I saw him at a bar, he's that guy that you. Well, you, if you do, you, call me because yeah. he's been dead. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like by when you're back that did he die? Yeah, he's I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't know. That. <laughs> I couldn't name one of his Talk songs. <laughs> show research. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. He was on the Hindenburg. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so John, you sat there. You created Punk Magazine. And now, for for those people younger that you don't know, this magazine was everywhere at one point. Like especially in New York in the Lower East Side. Did you have a publisher or was it like a zine? Uh we had a backer. Okay. The founder of High Times magazine yeah. was a big fan. Okay. So he was helping us out like kind of under the table. Okay. But uh when he committed suicide in nineteen seventy eight, oh. it became more difficult to stay in business. Sure. And that's just when it was starting to explode and we were getting all over the place. Yeah. But, how do you kill? How, how do you kill himself? Shot himself in the head. Jesus Christ! Mm. That's an easy way That's, to go. It's commitment. Yeah. Are you ever seeing people? They try to shoot themselves in the head, and then like they miss. Oh yeah, I so they have like half a jaw or something. Yeah, like, oh, they put, you, don't put, you don't put the gun underneath <laughs> your chin, you idiot. Put it in your mouth. I just had a pain. <laughs> you would you would know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it was the I'm pretty much the right there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ouch. Ouch. And uh, John and I, uh, we worked on a cartoon together, and in. in um, Punk magazine. There was a cartoon strip that John created called "In the Dumps," and it, it it almost became a TV series. And I was lucky enough to pay the lead dog mug. Okay. And uh, it was fun, but it just uh, it went to Comedy Central. It got tossed around a little bit, and then it got tossed out. Right. So busy. <laughs> Steve was yeah. awesome. I mean, you can hear he's barking all the time. Yeah, yeah I'm always barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a rough life, guys. Am I right? Hey, yeah. over here now. Now, and Bri Brian McCarthy, he's you, you can hear. Last week we had Kevin Brennan on, who was amazing, by the way. Kevin's right? great, my co-host. He's the co-host of Burning Bridges over on Compound Media. That's us. That's right. And uh, I went to did the, I did the show a couple weeks ago. You were great. And uh, no, you guys are really sick. Twisted bastards. Well, thank you. I think, I think I, was, I was abused sexually for many, many years as a child. So always translates into comedy. So that thank explains you. a lot. And it you should. also you used to you used to produce porn and shit, right? I produced. Well, I, I wrote the most interesting man in the world, which is the Dosaki's uh, ad campaign. You Stay did? thirsty, my friends. I did. Yeah. yeah. You wrote that well, which one? Which one? Which one's yours? 
all of them. I wrote 500 of them 12 years ago. I mean, uh, she once had an uh, he, he once had an awkward moment just to see how it felt. Yeah. His yes, mother I has his that. name tattooed on her chest. <laughs> his blood type is awesome. I literally wrote 500 of those in like a fever dream over two days. I just had a baby. And I, I didn't have a baby. I'm still carrying the weight. I can't weight. believe you're straight. <laughs> Honey, please. <laughs> I can't even drive straight. <laughs> you can't that, even see. No, I can't see. One time a guy blew me. I did not care for it. I, could, I truly, I could feel his stubble on my shaft, and I was like, this is not for me. This erection is officially lost. So, oh well. Worst. We got that out of the closet. Yeah, worst ski trip ever. So, but we, uh, yeah, and then, um, but when I, I mean, I've done a lot of kind of, we've, I'm, we've all led lives, you know, but, but I did, uh, when I lived in Los Angeles for four years, I produced and directed girl on girl porn for pay per view television. And so uh, the first movie that I made was with an actress named Tara Patrick. You sure. may oh, yeah. oh, I oh, Jesus her. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'll take a pants off. <laughs> and her husband, you, you have a porn, a, a porn, a punk background. Her husband was Evan Seinfeld from the band right. Biohazard. Yeah. Biohazard. Right. They're from my neighborhood. Gravesend, that's yeah. right. Yeah. No, so, from Canarsie. Uh, All right. Well, I think, uh, whatchamacallit, was from Danny, which is from Canarsie. I don't. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But you really, really run a show. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they go. Um, so Evan, I, I had worked in women's wrestling. I owned a women's wrestling series on pay per view called Wet Wrestling: The Shaw Skank Redemption. So we had the evil warden called the Warden Beef Curtains, and we had four sea hoes, nipple slip. Pickle Tink, Booty Call, and Camel Toe. And they forced <laughs> new mile female inmates to wrestle each other in heated oil, blueberry pie filling, chocolate sauce. I had two Asian girls wrestle each other in duck sauce that I got wow. at Jetro, big dented cans. <laughs> and um, and so it was very successful. It really did very well for me. And I was 35, I think. I'm 45 now. And so, and then I got a call. Really? One you, don't, day. You, you don't look. It's the new. It's the new. It's the new two. Pay. Yeah. Four more payments. I own this. Yeah. So, it's um, crooked. Straighten it out. Do you have a staple gun back there, man? I, I, I can't even see the chin strap. It's like great. <laughs> well, it's it's flesh colored. Yeah. Remember how like racist crayons used to be? They'd be like flesh colored Indian red. Yeah. Separate yeah. water fountain. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, um, Separate water. What? I don't know. So anyway, so so I got a call one day from Rebel Entertainment, it was a, uh, an agency out in L.A., and they and it was Evan Seinfeld. And he wanted he had seen that what I'd done in pay per view, and um, he said I wanted to make a, a. He goes, he goes, I want to make a show. He's a little guy, and he got his stomach stapled, so he's skinny. He's got tattoos all over his head and his body. He's all tattooed up and shit. And um, I never met him before, but we sort of knew some of the same people because I was involved in nightclubs in the '90s. And so anyway, so he goes to me. He goes, uh, goes, yeah, uh, I want to do a thing with Tara and like a bunch. Of, I want midgets, and I go. Number one, they're little people. Okay, <laughs> I said, what do you want these little people to do? And he goes, I said, you want them to have sex with the with the girls? And he goes, I don't know. Like, but it's, I said, it's girl, girl, right? Because I didn't want to shoot boy. I was interested in boy, girl. I I never shot porn before, or even directed, or produced anything. The wet wrestling, we have some tits would come out a little bit, but so um, I said, all right, how about this? I said, Tara Patrick is going on a business trip with um. Hugh Hefner, and she leaves her mansion, and she has these two they're mischievous imps. Uh, we're going to call them oil babies. They're going to be little people, and we're going to put them in adult diapers, and we're going to give them like little bibs and uh, rattles and stuff. And they're like these. What evil... the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> they're like evil little. Where, where I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's online. You can find it. And they're like evil little babies, and that, and they're like her little butlers. And so the idea is. 
Tara Patrick was at the was town. Was butt in quotes? <laughs> no, they were quite, 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 quite yeah. manservants. Little manservants. Exactly right. So, and then I said, and they'll be like our comic foils. We'll interstitials. We'll throw away to them and they can, they'll do little kind of sight gags and whatever. And he goes, oh, you're hired. And so then I show up at the house and it was so funny because I just moved to Los Angeles. Isn't it weird to whore your wife out like that? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Oh, my, my wife's not a little person midget. I'll, I'll dare no, you. I'm just saying. No, 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 she's, <laughs> she's four foot seven and proud of it. But, uh, and she'll lose the weight. Uh, <laughs> and so my so basically what happened was I showed up at this house we rented this big house out in Northridge which is like all the porn in America is made in Northridge it's kind of like East Valley out by the Simi Valley thing and so I show up and the I, I'm on my phone my wife I'm kind of laughing because they paid me like $15,000 for the day which is like a lot of money just to fucking direct this I hadn't even done a production budget or anything I'm just kind of standing around and so I said to my wife I'm calling her I go I don't, I'm all these naked girls are here and there's hair and makeup and there's a fucking cabana and there's a big pool and a slide and and I, I just got to come up with different scenarios for the sex and for the oil babies and everything and so she goes is it, are you sure it's a porno and like literally on cue this PA goes up to me and he goes uh, he goes Brian are we gonna be doing uh, anal because if so we should go get some enemas. I said, yeah, we're doing porn. Oh, I, said, wow. yeah. I said, just get like 20 enemas. And then so about an hour and a half in, Ron Jeremy shows up. And I guess they had hired Ron Jeremy to be the cop that kind of breaks up the party. You know what I mean? Like, and he, oh said, at the very, he wasn't going to fuck anybody. But at one point, like, I walk in the living room. There's a, a, an actress named, I'm sorry, to, I don't mean to hijack the show, but there's a, I, I, she, her name is Brooke Bell. She's a porn girl. And he's fingering her in the living room. And there's this pussy juice squirting all over, like, the floor. And I'm already like I'm ten minutes into this thing. I'm already like I'm like Ron, just take it outside, please. Like I don't want to have to pay for the call. these rugs. We have a deposit, but I don't know if like pussy juice is like the blood from aliens and it eats through. I've never made a woman come in my life, so I don't know. So, and then at the end of the at the very end of the thing, Ron Jeremy's supposed to come in, hit his mark, and go. What are you all doing here? This is Tara Patrick's house. You can't have a pool party here. And then the little the little little people shove him in the pool. That was like, and we only had one cop uniform. So I said, all right, Ron, this is what, here's your mark, there's an X, come in, they're going to push you, and we're going to rap. So he comes in, and he's twirling his plastic baton, and he's dressed like a cop, and he goes, he goes, so what is going on here? Here, and I said, what, are you doing an Irish brogue? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I said, Ron, just do it like regular, it's okay. You know, He got so annoyed with me, and then he did his mark, and then he fell in the pool, and that was that. And then I went on to direct, and Produce about another thirty or forty titles. Who on, Ter- who on the house? The house that you. What you do is there's a whole. Oh, it's a good question. Yeah. There's a whole database when you like put your toe into the fetid waters of the porn community. There are like OC modeling, Gold Star modeling. There are there there are agencies, and then on these agency websites, homes have. Agents, like Airbnb. Well, yeah, but Kinda. these. Porn B and B. Yeah, exactly. You want something called E and O insurance, which is errors and emissions insurance. So there are homes that have insurance policies where you're able to shoot outdoors. So people own these massive homes in the valley. Remember, um, Shin- what's, what's the guy with the Captain and Tennille? They have a house. I shot there a bunch of times in Encino. And it was a huge porn set. I've shot so much porn in different homes that I'll be jerking off. I'm like, I know that light fixture. Uh, I'm like, I know what's cooking.
Okay. And it's you so mean funny. the captain of Tennille would rent you know, their like, house out the, for the, porn? Yep, porn is like so totally changed. Like in the like like Pornhub, like you can find any stupid freaky thing. Sure. Right. And there's just so many people that you know it's like it's it's, it's overwhelming how many people are out there fucking and filming it. But back in the day, there was just that stable of porn guys and um like 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 Rick Randy West. I bring up Randy West. Sure. Randy West like discovered Tara Patrick, and he also discovered um Jenna Jameson. Jenna Jameson because he used to have this thing called Randy's Up and Comers. Right. So. You know, I, I bring this up before. But, you know, my, me and my wife. My wife used to bring girls to the bed, and yeah. she, uh, she, 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 she asked me at that one point, "Well, can we bring a guy?" And I said, "I don't want my own dick in the room." Ooh. There's that whole story. But so I, I said, "If there was," she goes, "If well, if there just if there's a guy you, you would let me have sex with, who would it be?" And I like jokingly said, because I just never thought it was going to happen. I jokingly said, "Bill Clinton and Ra- and Randy West." So now. <laughs> My buddy opens up uh, a hair salon in Vegas. Okay, and we, he flies us out there, and he's there. And then who's at the hair salon? It's fucking Randy West, <laughs> and she's like, um, "So I went, like, he ain't sticking his dirty dick in you. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> so like, I we actually met Randy, and he's actually a really cool, down to earth guy. And he was in every like teenage porno I ever had. And so, but me and my friend Joe, like, like he's he's still like young and virile, but he's older now. He's yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. but so we always kid around that the fact that when he was partying and had all those fucking women and they were sex parties and all these hot chicks were always around him. And I said, I figured that that's our luck. We got old Jew Randy. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, my back, I can't go out, you know, like, it's right. like, it's, but he turned out to be a super nice guy. And no, my wife did not fuck him. Right. You want me to have sex with you? Fat. I'd rather Fat. have a piece of scrod. Not John. for nothing. I feel like I'm coming down with something, Randy West. Well, he, he was partners with, this is always stupid porn shit, but Ed Powers was his partner. I, I met Ed. Yeah. yeah, so he's a radio guy. He tried to. Is he really? He, well, he tried. He made a swing for the bleachers, and he was going to do like a sex call-in show. And my friend is a, is a guy named uh, Liquid Todd. I don't know if you guys know EDM, but he has a show over at Sirius. And so this is about- He's 20, been around forever. Yeah, been around forever. Nice guy. We're good friends. And so this is about 20 years ago. I happened to be living in Miami about a year and a half. And um, I was literally, my girlfriend was a stripper at Miami Gold. And I remember they used to advertise- Nude friction couch dancing. I'm like, are you just gonna come home pregnant at some point? Like, you just gonna come home just with like a little bump? But uh, and, and so I said to uh, it was it was that um, that big new music festival they have at the Fountain Blue down there, and um, I, I meet I meet uh, my buddy Liquid Todd, and we're hanging on the hotel room, and we were a little awake if we just call it that place. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I, I go I I go you know it's so funny I said I've been watching a lot of Ed Powers. He goes he's standing across the hall. And we knock on the door, and Ed Powers is in like a robe. How'd you meet him? <laughs> what happened was my buddy said to me, I came out of a club. We were all drunk. And he goes, oh, my God, it's Ed. So he grabs me by the wrist. He goes, come on. I go, what? And so we go running up. Club in New York or Club yeah, in LA? Yeah, Club in New York. Okay. And, he can, he can, and he walks out, and he goes, Ed, Ed. And he turns around. And he knew him, and he, he was flanked by these two fucking hot smoking girls with big lips and everything. Yeah. And and he goes, uh, uh, "This is my buddy Roy." I go, "Hey Ed," and I was up shaking him, saying, "I go, why do I know this motherfucker?" And then I went, hit me like a ton of bricks, dirty debutante. Dirty debutante. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, so, "Oh my god!" You know what's so, you know what's so weird? I just all this <laughs> porn talk is making me realize John John Holstrom is here, and he's promoting this new uh, publication that he's got out called Stone Age, which is basically uh, a free publication you're gonna be able to get out in New York City. And I'm realizing what why this is so familiar to me, this whole design that you got going on, is because it's just like Screw Magazine. Yeah, well, that was the first place I got published was wow. Screw Magazine. Whatever. Yeah. So you knew uh, Al Goldstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know? Who? I got to meet him. He actually uh, invited mm-hmm. me to have lunch with him at the uh, 
Second Avenue Deli. Sure. Where they have <laughs> great Jewish food. Uh-huh. Yeah, like Screw, Screw Magazine for people that don't know was another publication in New York. It was basically a porn publication that you got, and it had all these like websites in the back and all this like everything was revolved yeah. around sex, and it was run by this crazy guy named Al Goldstein. And uh, John has been in the scenes for such a long time, and he you actually worked for High Times for a really long time, did you not? Yeah, there was kind of a punk High Times Screw. Thing going on in New York. That yeah, was the underground yeah. in the 70s. And you're, you're, you're actually re- revolutionizing that word, uh, whatever that I'm not saying, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you're starting that all back up again because you know everybody's on their phones, nobody's picking anything up, and I think the way you did the art layout and the way everything's going, if you were a stoner, if you like marijuana, and you see that you want to pick this up and you want to check it out, how did this all come about? That's a good question. Uh, well, I worked with this guy, Harry Crossfield, at High Times. He was our ad director. And we were doing great in the 90s when Bill Clinton was president and marijuana was really starting to get accepted again. Because when I started at High Times in the 80s, uh, George H.W. Bush wanted to throw us all in jail just for publishing the magazine. But it became more acceptable in the 90s and... Uh, can I ask a quick question? Yeah. I'm sorry. When you when they would do those photo shoots of the weed, yeah, how would they do that in and not break a law? I mean, you're breaking a law, but I mean, like, how would you do you you know you know, you know answer my question? You know, what I'm asking like, yeah, well, we had growers get in touch with us. They okay. would want their product photographed, okay, or sometimes we'd have to buy it. Sometimes, like, if we go to Jamaica, right, pretty easy to get a hold of. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> It's all different ways to get a hold of it. The the problem with it was when you put the lights on it, it would degrade the THC. So you couldn't sell it. So we'd have to split it up among the staff afterwards. That was kind of the (laughs) perk perk of working Uh there. Well, you know the whole science of growing. You were talking earlier to uh, Max, our producer, about um, sensimilia and stuff like that. Like I, I like starving this plant or traumatizing it and you get a different weed. That's like weird. Mm. Yeah, well, that that's one of the techniques that was de- developed early on was the uh, separating the females from the males. And then the female plant gets stressed out and they produce more THC because the male plants don't have any THC. They're more like the hemp. So you're, you're, you're kind of like Brian. You were like pr- like uh, producing weed porn. Like, yeah, keep yes. the males and the females right. away from each other. <laughs> well, that's how, a lot of people called High Times uh, weed porn, pot porn, because it was all... Photos of females, naked females. Naked. I like the early high times when, like, you guys wouldn't even like discriminate with drugs. You had that like bulletin. It'd be like, like you know, you have different states, and it'd be like a hit of acid would be four dollars. It'd be like an eighth of weed would be fifteen dollars. A gram of coke would be forty bucks. I was like, all right, these guys don't give a fuck. <laughs> it became like more of a pot magazine as it kind of moved. Once everyone realized how awesome cocaine was, we couldn't talk about it. Uh, I just kind of moved away from it. So. Well, the founder really did start it as a marijuana magazine. Okay. And the sales went through the roof the first time they put an actual plant on the cover. But, yes, he was always into other things. Like right. uh, he brewed his own absinthe. Really? I remember he invited me to have some of that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The Green Fairy. And uh, it was before any, nobody knew what it was. What the? Did the government ever he, he come said, in and sh- try and shut it down? Like, oh, yeah, all it, the time. Like So how all come it time. stayed... Not like how can it, it, it avoided not being shut down? I mean, did they just have a team of lawyers working it all? The they time? had good lawyers, but it was always by the skin of their teeth. I mean, by the eighties, we were we we went from a staff of fifty people, over fifty people, like they had two people on staff just rolling pot 
all day. Right. <laughs> Another two people to open up the envelopes that had all the money in it. I mean, it was huge. And then by the time I worked there in the late 80s, there were six people. Wow. Oh, really? Putting out the whole magazine? Yeah. And what was the circulation? Uh, around 60,000, really. Huh? But we, we got it up to like almost 250,000 by the time I left. Now yeah. it's such a like an insane sound. Like not just what you were talking about before, but like everybody's dabbing now. There's all these different ways to get high, and then you can get really, really, really high. You know, it's like the I dab like stuff. I like gas. That's yeah, puffing, that's, yeah, and a sniffing rag. paint cans. <laughs> I, I, no, yeah. I, I drink paint to get off now. That's how, that's uh-huh. how fucking one bad the, it is. One of the great things about high times Whippets. was the the Ready parties. Whip. He would throw the best parties. <laughs> yeah, oh, they'd sure. get a big tank of nitrous oxide <laughs> and give out balloons at the parties. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's so much fun laughing gas. It's like, <laughs> like what a fucking wonderful feeling. I was at a uh, I, uh, my my family. We we go to Grand Cayman every uh, every winter for a week when my kids are uh, for their break. And we were in Grand Cayman. This is too, uh, my vision. It's really bad. It went about three years ago. My vision started to go really well, what, bad. What exactly is what, what, oh what are they God. called? Uh, it's AIDS. AIDS. No, <laughs> no, it's Labor's hereditary optic neuropathy. So if you think of your vision as a traffic cone on the outside, it's fine. But as it goes in, thankfully, I can't see your face. Okay. So as it goes in here, I can't see anything in front of me. So I can't drive. I can't. Uh, really see a television unless it's huge. I can't read. So like I don't. There's a paper here, but I, I can't read it. So yeah. um, so my uh, so I I happen to be in this at this resort, the the Ritz Carlton down in Grand Cayman with my family, and then I run into a dad I know. Like I run into fucking dad from my daughter's school, and he's Korean and he's super into edibles. And he was like, and I I don't I don't smoke pot. It's I just don't. I mean I used to love it. I used to sell. I actually got arrested. I tried to bring fifty pounds of weed from Jamaica to New York, and I got caught in Miami and Ooh. sat in jail for. Two months. Ugh. Oh, and, oh, Jesus! I know. I was, I was like, I was at NYU. I was like nineteen. Oh, it was a fucking disaster. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, did you toss anybody salad? No, yeah, no. I'm like fucking blue dudes. I mean, <laughs> I'm no idiot. Right. I'm no fag. <laughs> <laughs> so I go DL. like, so yeah, exactly. Down low, sister. Right, meet me in the laundry room. <laughs> Tumble dry low. <laughs> so we go and like, I, I see this dad and he's Korean and he goes, uh, he goes, I got some edibles with me. And he goes, I made them myself, and they were jellies. And and I go, ah, I'm all right. And the second day, I go, you know what? I'll, maybe I'll try one of those things. And I said, by the way, you brought weed to the Caribbean? He's like, I'm Korean. Nobody fucking looks <laughs> at me. You know, nobody thinks like a dorky-looking Korean guy is going to have anything. I said, oh, good point. So he gives me one jelly, and I eat it. And I go, all right, that's all right. And uh, he goes, just give it a little bit. And I said, you know what? I should probably take another. I, I, if I'm going to do this, I want to get like legitimately fucked up. you know. And So he goes, they're really strong. I'm like, it's a fucking gummy bear. I'll be fine. So he gives me another. I eat it. About an hour later, I'm at the pool, and all of a sudden, I kind of get up, and I, I told my wife what I've done, and, and I, I just I said, I said, keep the uh, keep the kids away from me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm walking around the pool, and I kept saying this mantra in my head, the things I'm thinking are just things I'm thinking. Yeah. The things I'm thinking are just things I, yeah, I have I've had some really disturbing incidents with uh, edibles. Like, I have to be really careful. Oh, like, it's I, too much. I, I had one. I, I, like, it was just right after Sandy. And uh, a friend of mine, she's an artist, and she was like, she had one of her paintings uh, hanging in um, an art gallery, and she got into a fight with the curator. So my friend from L.A. had just sent me a care package with some chocolates and some edibles and stuff. And uh, I thank God I only took two of the chocolates. I took I took two chocolates. I was going to eat the whole fucking bar. It's right there. So, but I took two chocolates. So now she goes, 
uh, I need you to go pick up my painting. Uh, I can't, I can't. I said, I, her, her paintings go for like $5,000. I don't want to be responsible for your fucking painting. I'm sorry. But she's like, no, it's, it's just a little one. Uh, and I was like, all right, fine. So I had to take it and I had to drop it off uh, at Ivy Supersonics. So I take the chocolates and I go to pick up this painting. And it's about the size of, because uh, uh, I had to put it in a taxi. It went from door to door. It was uh -huh. gigantic. And it probably had like an $8,000 like price tag on it. I'm like, shit. I just exactly. Then the, the chocolates kick in. And I am like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh and it, it was like so windy that day i never forget and the painting was so big it was like almost like a sail like i couldn't even hold it because the wind was blowing it like i almost out of my hands i get in a taxi i put it in the taxi now the taxi was like a short ta like my knees were up against the canvas and it was bending the Ooh. canvas so like i was like if i hit a, a pothole my knees gonna go through the, the the canvas and i'm now i start freaking out so i get to Ivy Supersonics, and I, I walk in and I say, this is for Ivy, and the guy goes, you can't leave this here. I go, oh, yes, I can. So I, I leave it, and I, I'm now, I always thought you get dry mouth from the smoke, but you actually get the dry mouth from the THC. Yes. So now I am completely, I can barely move my tongue. It's so dry. So I go to like a Starbucks to get a bottle of water, and I see the New York Times, and it was right at this point where... Um, Israel and, and and Syria were going at it. And it was the end of the Mayan calendar. So now I think this is the end of the world. This is how <laughs> World War III starts. Okay? And now I was going to jump on the train and I had to go meet my friend and her daughter for dinner. I get on the... Now I'm completely... I could barely... I'm panic attacking. But I get on the train and the train... It was the four train and it was packed to the brim. I don't like it when I'm not high. And you got a painting with you. No, no. I, just, no. I left a painting oh, in the lobby. God, I just like literally painting. walked out. So now... I'm packed in there, and I, I can't move, and everybody's face is, like, right in there. And I saw this woman. She had these red things on. I goes, that's the fucking plague, man. It's the plague. I had this panic. I got off the train, and I had I was like, I can't have dinner with a five-year-old like this. So I had to cancel dinner, and I walked home from 86th Street to 18th and 1st because I, like, I figured maybe that would help. Not a good time with the edibles. I got to be really careful with Well, them. our friend, uh, I was going to a museum one time, and he says... Uh, uh, my uh, wife and daughter were going to a play. So I go, he says, hey, you want one of these? I go, what is it? He goes, it's like smoking a joint. I go, okay. So I popped this gummy right. bear. I get in the museum. I'm walking around. I'm like, now I get to a place I know. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is all right. And then yeah. I go to a fucking place I don't even know. I'm like, holy shit. So, yeah, I, I can identify with that, man. It's like, okay. Do you still smoke weed? Once in a while. Once in a while. I'm not that big on you know, smoking it because it's illegal. <laughs> The worst thing for me, I got busted when I was 16 years old, okay. and that was the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. All the drugs I took caused problems, but getting busted? Where, where, where was this? And that's the main reason I worked in high times, and I'm still at Stone Age. I just think it should be legal. Nobody should be going to jail for it. I'm so happy it's being accepted. It was in Connecticut. Okay. But I mean, it is, isn't it legal in New York? I know I, my no. friends are cop. Decriminalized. This is the thing. They're calling it legal all over the place, but uh, like in Vermont, it's legal, but you can't sell it. So some head shop was busted recently for selling it over the counter. Yeah, you got so CBD that's not oil. Legal. Yeah, it's but not what about legal. like Denver and California when you just walk in and there's, there's a whole dispensary going there, on? There are still restrictions. There are parts of the states that do not allow it still. Yeah. 
else. It's also you um I, you can't put the money in a bank. I think right because it's federal and oh, it, right. it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Canada's great. Canada's is like, hey, fuck it, eh? Okay, it's all legal yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy well, your high, you fucking hippies. They're, they're already so nice in Canada, and now they must be really nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i sure you you guys all seem like a, a bunch of uh, cool homosexuals, so I think we should probably <laughs> have... But I think all drugs should be legal, personally. I think it doesn't make any sense to Me really... Too. This stoned age, what's the what's like the mission statement? Is that it, by the way? Yes. Is this a water somebody gave me, by the way? Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Can I have it? Is yeah. this good? Okay, okay. thank you. I think, right? Bobby okay. Zoo. So, no, I'm good. There's, no. there's always magazines out there now that are like marijuana business magazines or how to grow marijuana. It's all about how to make money with it. And that's not why people smoke pot. They they smoke pot to have fun. Right. So we're bringing out like a fun marijuana magazine. Who's behind this? Oh, just me and uh, my buddy Harry there. We're still we're looking for money. So okay. anybody out there wants to... Uh, a business? How can they get a hold yeah. of you? Yeah. We're an LLC. We're registered. All that stuff. But the artwork is really amazing. Like yeah. you got to, like the, what, the first it. one. You have Jack Kirby. Is that he did the artwork? The second issue. We have Jack Kirby who created the Fantastic Four. Well, well you know, people don't know that uh, Black the, 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 there, There's a whole like sick story behind Jack Kirby because everybody knows Marvel is Stan Lee, Stan Lee, Stan Lee. But Jack Kirby, basically, he he's the creator, and he got shafted. Yeah, well, it's Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko were the two people behind it. Like, Ditko did Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. And then how did Stan Lee become the, the, the figurehead, like the, the face of all this? I think his uncle owned the business or something. Because uh, yeah, like, everything was uh, Stan Lee, Stan Lee, like he like created Spider-Man, but it's really not the truth. Yeah, well, well Stan, he, he worked on it. He had a lot to do with it. Yeah, he was a writer, too, and I think this Kirby yeah. guy was an illustrator. That's the yeah. difference. Well, what, yeah. Did he well, actually they, they take kinda... a pen and draw Spider-Man and like come up with it? Or That's did he... Kirby did, yeah, so, and Ditko did. Okay, yeah. so he, would, he, would he come up with the concept for the superhero and then tell them and they yeah, would like, draw it? Like, like uh, Lee would say, well, I got this idea for like an insect superhero. Yeah. And how about like instead of like a beetle, we use the spider, and then Kirby or Ditko would draw the design. What would you, what would your superhero be, uh, superhero be uh, Brian? Easy for you to say. Thanks. Uh, no, you know what I do wonder about. I, I've thought this many times. Why isn't there ever been like a dog superhero, like a dog man, or underdog? Dog? Yeah, he's kind Remember of a hacky. underdog. But I mean, like yeah. a Marvel DC kind of guy. Like a Th- there are a couple. There've been a couple. Are dog you a comic book guy? Things. Oh yeah. Oh no kidding. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's interesting because I there's that show where they it's um with the oh, I'm such a fucking idiot the director Kevin Smith and he's got that comic book show where they they yes. all run yeah right so the one guy he did my show last week the other the other guy uh, big big tall guy gray hair and great great long long gray beard but we were talking all about it and I used to be very friendly with Joe Casada. Um, who, oh yeah! Who ran? Who ran Marvel? But no, uh, my guy would uh, be a guy that comes too quickly and uh, is manic depressive <laughs> and wishes that uh, his uh, wife would fall down a ditch. It's called Brian McCarthy man. Uh, <laughs> uh, brand sorry, new. Wait, wait, Brian, why, uh, take a look at the magazine. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Uh, How dare you? <laughs> so let me comb my hair. Oh fuck you, <laughs> fucking bald fuck. Where? What part of town do you live in? I always love asking people this. I, I I don't live in town. I live in Jersey. What, what, what town? Uh, a small town called Byram, New Jersey, which is out by Lake Opaconia. If you're going to the Poconos Mountains. Oh, wow. Like out by it. Alpine? Kind of, uh, no, no, no. Uh, that's north. So oh, it would be a northwest. You're so northwest. You're heading towards even more County? Uh, Sussex, one over. Okay. Yeah, one wow. over. And are you, sir? I live in the village. Nice. The East Village, not far nice. from St. Mark's uh, Place. You've been, you've been uh, there for how long? Over 40 years. Wow. 
What? You know, you know what, Roy? You know, they they did the, the CBGB's movie with Alan Rickman, which I thought was really good. Now, you 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 were that was based on your story, no? Well, I'm I was a character in the uh, film, but so it opens with me at the drawing board. Yeah, drawing a cartoon and oh, talking that's you? about starting yeah. punk but, magazine. But that's yeah. the, the, those are the same guys that uh, Sarah Jones. They were going to do these guys are what they oh, like. Right, they, right, they, right. they have a guerrilla style of doing film, which basically means they so, don't care. They, they they don't need permits. They're going to do whatever the hell they want. Sounds pretty bananas. Yeah. Uh, well, it was for her. She got hit by a train. Yeah. Oh. No. So <laughs> they, they they were going to what, what band was it? Uh, Allman Brothers. Allman Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. 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 Greg Allman was. About. Greg Allman. I believe. So you know they don't need they don't need permits. They're going to do whatever they want. And this poor girl and my friend was like my a good friend of mine, Ken Woodbury, was like that was like his little sister. And so they, they, they're the first opening day, it's like they're going to do a, tra- a scene on a railroad track. Right. And they have the bed. It's supposed to be a dream sequence. And do they check the train schedule? No. No, they actually asked the train company, can we shoot on this track? And they said, no, sir, under no circumstance should you go on those tracks. Wow. We're never going to be able to stop these trains. It's, it's a constant thing, back and forth. All these freight trains do not go on the track. What about Meanwhile, the fascists? A, a mile away, there was an abandoned track on a bridge. They could have shot it right there, but no. This guy says, no, okay. let's do it. We're going to gorilla it. And, and uh, the poor, I, the... I heard a different story. I heard they were told by someone that they don't run on Sundays or something. No. Whoever said that was totally full of shit, and the, the, the documentation is there. You can see it. The train company saying, do not. CSX? Is that the train company? I don't know. Do not, do not, do not go well, on our tracks. Well, the film director spent some time in As he should. prison. So. Yeah, but, but there's a whole thing on set now yeah. where it's like uh, safety for Sarah. And it's like there's stickers and there's a whole movement uh, on set now because like they they really have to be on point because this poor girl lost her life because of the, the, their their uh, their ignorance and their stupidity and now like there's it's a big movement on every set you see the stickers they have stickers on all we have put yeah. stickers on all of the bright shot lights because it's just in honor of her memory and you know don't be stupid when you're shooting a and movie nobody, and nobody should die making a movie you know well, like, I, I gotta defend guy. I gotta defend the filmmakers here because they're good friends of mine and they treated me great during the CBGB movie yeah like go watch some silent movies. You want yeah. to see people risking life and limb? Yeah. I know. I got it. You can think about it. Yeah, yeah. But that but yeah. was a whole other time and yeah. era. But because, they knew they were doing it. Well, I've, yeah. I've heard about some of the Netflix series where the stunt people are at risk to yeah. this day. When you're a stunt guy, you're, you're taking that. You're, you're, that's what you, comes with the territory. No, if you're, if you're, well, doing, if you're, if you're saying, doing free if solo you're and you're climbing is, El Capitan with no ropes, you know you're doing that. But if you're some chick who's like bringing a camera to a set and they say, go out on that track, and your boss says to do it, and you go out there, you're putting somebody else's life in danger who wouldn't even do that. Yeah, but what I've heard is that they were trying to rescue the film equipment. And to me, it's like I grew up near train tracks, and you always knew. If a train comes, you run. So there was individual responsibility where anybody near that train approaching that bed on uh, but the as tracks. A, but as the director of a movie, you know? you're responsible for all those people. Yeah, I, I don't d- care. I did hear something about this, and I do feel like during the trial, the director got railroaded. Oh! <laughs> 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 oh. oh. That's like that's almost as bad as the joke I said when Michael J. Fox got fired from his uh, show. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I, he said he didn't get a fair shake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's bartending now, best martini in town. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I will say one thing: I really did love that CBGB movie. I, I thought they did a great job of portraying Hilly Crystal and and how it, it, the whole movement came and how that guy just didn't give a fuck. 
about yeah. anything. Because I remember seeing dog shit on the floor at CBGB's. And that toilet was the... Like, oh, it always reminds disgusting. me of that, yeah, that scene in Train Spotting where he shits out the heroin. And it, it says, like, it just stopped. Screen <laughs> it froze. And it just said, the bottom, worst toilet in Scotland. <laughs> you know, and that was definitely the worst toilet in New York. And CBGB's was a Hell's Angels bar. Early on. Yeah. Yep. So those scenes with the Hells Angels are like helping Hilly kick out the mob. Yeah. I mean, the mob was right down the street in Little Italy. Yeah. And but then the, the Angels were on 3rd Street, so. Yeah. I, yeah. Lived, I lived on that block. I, I had a... Um, I lived there, too. Did you really... Do, do you have... You You and I probably run in some of the same circles over the years. Do you remember a DJ named DJ Jackie Christie? No. Okay. Remember the uh, Quentin Crisp? He was the no. first gay man. He got Ever? kicked... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm, I discovered fire. I'm going to rub these sticks together and have a barbecue. I'm going to make that thing round so I can push them. Yeah, exactly. I'm having a really good time here. Oh, Jesus. I invented the mimosa. Yeah. <laughs> no, anyway, he was a gay guy that uh, he got kicked out of World War II for being a conscientious objector. Anyway, I lived on that block, too. But I, I was more involved in the, I, I saved the robots, um, Peggy oh Sue's, and those kind of that whole that, that was the scene. first after hours I ever went to was oh, save the robot. Yeah, it was fun. really I some, somebody was passed out with a needle in their arm and then somebody was like with a gun in the back at the back of their pocket. I went, ah, I'm out of here, man. This, oh, this, this ain't a good scene. No, it's it's that it was uh, those were uh, those were the days my friend. Now it's a Chuck E. Cheese, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> there, I, I used to go to this really great after hours. It was on thirteenth uh, between A and B. It was called yeah, Brownies. Yeah, you couldn't curse. You couldn't curse, and you couldn't speak above a whisper. And it was like it was just like so old timey because it was just a blacked out thing, and there was a door there, and you knocked on the door, and like a little thing went. Shh, and it would just see two eyes looking at if you didn't they didn't know you, they didn't let you in. And I started going there because basically I was bartending almost full time yeah. and you're a cocaine addict. <laughs> well that's where it starts. Yeah. So uh no, but you know, as if you work nine to five, you get off at five o'clock and the bars are all open. But you work as a bartender, you, you work from nine to five o'clock in the morning, there's nothing open. Sure. So the, that after hours was the bar. It was four dollars for a beer and they always, they had a bunch of cut straws on the on the yeah. bar. So you could really? and you had to buy a twenty five dollar bag of Really shitty blow, horrible blow, horrible. Like like you just like shit your pants blow. Right, like that was basically the baby laxative. Uh-huh. And uh, but Brownie was this old black guy. He was you know like some people like you know there's a Mexican cowboy and sometimes you see a black cowboy. Brownie was a black cowboy. You like full on like dedicated to the whole thing. Yeah. The big belt buckle. Don Cheadle and Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. That was him. And he sat there on this chair that was raised, and you couldn't speak above a whisper. And if he heard you curse, you got thrown out and you weren't allowed back. Right. And, wow. uh, but uh, yeah, and I was there the night that they got raided. I was like, literally, I just turned the corner, and all of a sudden, like ten cop cars come rolling up, and I was like, do 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 do, just right. kept walking around the block, <laughs> just, just out walking my invisible dog, sir. Nothing no, to I, see here. I've done. I've run after hours. You know, I used to run it with the the trannies, and because uh, yeah, they they. Mm. Uh, because I met them at the nightclub, and they they would they would they were my customers at that. They would come every week, and then you know they were beautiful, and some of them were yeah. so one looked like Joanna Man. Um, so they wind up coming up to Brunelli's again. All roads lead to Brunelli's, and so they started hanging out there. And then at that point, there was like a really bad mafia problem at Brunelli's. So when they started coming in, it's like you remember that Bugs Bunny where he had a mouse problem and he got a cat, and then he had a cat problem and he got a dog. So if you have a mafia problem and you can't get them to leave. Bring a bunch of trannies. They just really. Oh, she's sitting on my lap. I don't know if she's got a dick or she doesn't have a dick. So what are we doing at Brunella's? They got all these fucking trannies. They fuck that place. So they all like they literally got rid of the, the mafia problem there. And uh, 
So, uh, but I want to. But be then you had the tranny problems. So yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get rid of the Guido, come back. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was working at this bar, and we had, we had talked to the owner. We came up with an agreement. Um, the owner, like you know, well, he got the bar. They sold the coke, and then they hoard the, the their friends out. Whatever. There was a lot of shit. But trannies are a lot of fun. They were at my our, my wedding. Uh, you ever fuck one? No, no. <laughs> they always wanted to. Yo, white boy, I wouldn't even charge you. I'll suck your dick. I went. No, you, you have a penis. It's not happening. <laughs> It'd be a great blowjob. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> How would you know? I uh, remember Jackie Sixty. You guys, anybody? No, no, I know no. the name. But anyway, it was over on like Little West Thirteenth and Jane. But I remember it was like a kind of a famous. And I, I lived in Union Square across from uh, the Paragon Sports. And so I'm in a cab with this really cute Puerto Rican girl. We're going back. We're making out like crazy. And I, I go to finger her, and I end up jerking her off. And I'm like, oh, this is a. I tried to you have a penis. <laughs> And she goes, yeah, you were Jackie Sixty, or you don't know, like you, please, like you know. And I said, I'm sorry, I didn't. I honestly like, it's it. You look so feminine. I, I'm so I can't do this. And so I, she goes, well, you need to pay my cab fare to get to the Bronx. And uh, and I, she goes, I, I said, well, how much is that? She goes, a hundred dollars. And I said, here's twenty in a Metro card. <laughs> I, <can't, laughs> yeah. I, I just jumped up, ran to my building, and closed the door, but. Oh, I mean, it's not. You guys ever had a transsexual experience? Well, uh, we used to eat at this Thai place, and uh, oh yeah, uh, right over here on Ninth Avenue. And uh, <laughs> you go in there, and the, the one girl comes up. She's beautiful. I go, man, that chick is so hot for Asian girl. She gets up. She's talking to me and Steve, and I go, oh, this is the guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, guy. But I still, to this day, when I walk in there, she's in there. I'm looking at her ass. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's a guy. What You're are you for doing? The talk. I was uh, so uh, the, the one girl that was there. She was. Uh, Beautiful, Vanessa. She looked just like a, a woman. Had a beautiful face, but nice she, mustache. And, 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 and uh, <laughs> no, but nothing. You couldn't tell anything. But in all retro- retrospect, it was a six foot four black man. Okay, uh-huh. so this Guido is hitting on her at the bar, and 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 she, Vanessa was so sweet, and she's like obliging him, and then finally she goes to the bathroom, and one of his friends comes over and whispers in his ear, and he comes up to me, "That's a fucking man." I go, "Yeah." He goes, where the fuck is he? Where the fuck is he? I go, hey, listen, hold on a second. I said, two things. I said, you do something stupid to her. I'm going to have a fucking bouncer up here. Open the door with your face. Okay, second of all, that's a six foot four black man that will beat you up and down the sidewalk <laughs> with his fucking heel. Okay, I said, so do yourself a favor and just get out of here. So... Wow. So later on, I see him. Uh, we're at after hours, and then I'm with Vanessa. And he he walks by, out and I go, girl? "Yo, yo, yo! Come on, it's Vanessa, <laughs> come back!" And he's like, "Fucking freaked out." He walked out of there. But yeah, you got to realize it. They may look like a woman, but that's a black man. Yeah, you know, who fuck I, you I, up. I know we're all large. I mean, I, I know I'm largely retired. I'm a respected member of the community and everything. But uh, <laughs> do they <laughs> whitewash my past? Yeah. <laughs> right. It never but, existed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I shot the what? <laughs> right. um, but my question. Do you guys still think? Because you were a nightclub guy, a nightclub guy ever really? I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, okay, sure, sure, yeah, sure, okay. yeah, yeah. So, but are there are after hours still around? I haven't. I yeah, yeah. It's actually, the bar that no, we yeah, hang yeah, out. Yeah, uh, no. What are you crazy? <laughs> My God! Well, here's a gun. Shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> the, 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 yes, there's after hours around. <laughs> okay, Roy. Right. Oh, listen to you. Yeah, yeah. Next right. thing you do is why don't you talk about Tuesday night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened Tuesday night? No, no, I'll tell you later. All right, yeah. great. Yeah. Every, you, uh, yeah. Roger Smith night out? Yeah. yeah exactly. Turn exactly. over, bright light guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, light, my breath on cock <laughs> is hotter than right. Light of lights. <laughs> I wonder, and here's another question. I don't, I don't know if you guys are any of you are attorneys. I know Steve has a GED that he snorted <laughs> coke off above. Um, but 
Do you, if you get, you go to one of those massage parlors, right? I used to go to them all the time. Yeah. I'm a merry man now, so please. But, uh, um, happy ending. Thank what's you, exactly. It's never, never happy when her fist is up my ass. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa, do you go to Syracuse? What is that? <laughs> you wearing a ring? So, uh, and anyway, the, um, <laughs> what is that anyway? Super Bowl. Yeah, I know, my, my, exactly, right. Lawrence Taylor. Ooh, ah! uh, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, jeez, my safe word is more please, which is yeah, exactly. very confusing. I'm like, more please, more please. But if you get arrested in a massage parlor, are you? Do you have to register as a sex offender? No, not oh. if you're. I think okay. you only register as a sex offender if you're uh, with kids. Well, I think it's like a decent exposure. I think there's degrees of sex uh, offending. Because but, what about the, the guy from the Patriots? He's just got yeah. Well, he's in. I mean, that guy's got enough money to throw it. I mean, he could he could literally have been like fucking a kid in the ass, and you know, like a <laughs> week later, he's like a Henry Winkler's bot mitzvah for his <laughs> granddaughter. <laughs> well, yeah. I, as a libertarian, I believe that uh, prostitution should be legal I agree. along with marijuana. Well, we, and we, also we, as a cartoonist, we, we, I have to say. I never could afford to do all the stuff you're talking about. I mean, a massage parlor. <laughs> oh. We talked about sex? this. We talked about this last week, and my my ex always said it was okay. Like it's not cheating; it's just part of the it's part of the massage. Well, I think prostitution should be legal and a lot less expensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's legal, they're going to flood the market. The prices are going to go down. Well, it's kind of like with um, it, it's 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 like with with uh, with weed now. It's like in these places, like in Denver and stuff like that. Like it's gotten. The market's kind of gotten flooded, so it's a lot cheaper, like to have pot now. So I mean, presumably, I mean, but there was that website Backpage, and about a year ago they changed. Oh yeah, I used to love Backpage. Yeah, Backpage is yeah. great. It's like the website you know all about. It, I'm sure. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, what you do is you go on there, and you can you know go buy a lawnmower, you could fucking get a tranny or a blowjob or an escort or whatever. And but they made a law, and they changed the law where in in America, if you have a website that has illegal activity on it, the owners of the website are now. Responsible for whatever's on their website. So, did we meet on Backpage? No, we met on Grinder. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was chubby. You were chubby. I clicked bareback, yeah. and the rest is history. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a couple of fat guys looking to kill an hour. That's all it was. And hold hands on the beach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was so cute. He typed "spit in my mouth," but it said "sprite in my mouth" when he typed it. Exactly. I was like, "This is a sexy idiot." So I brought a can of Sprite. And I don't know. That's his thing. You know, I'm not a judge. But uh, yeah, so now Backpage is gone. And uh, and now we have so I don't really know how there used to be all of these like separate little studio apartments all over Manhattan uh, and in some cases Brooklyn where you could go and get like a massage from like an FIT student. Well, or, you know what the uh, the code is, right? When you're walking around the streets, I want a hand job. There's <laughs> a there's an open sign. Oh yeah, yes. and you see them in uh, delis, red and blue. And if you look up on the second floor and you see open, right? And then you walk up to the and the, and the, the window buttons, and, the, and you see something that says like ginger or right, something. right, right. That's it. And, so I, so that's that's a dead giveaway. And Roy, who taught you that? My friend Steve Grillo, <laughs> God, biggest dirtbag on the planet. Right. Well, also anything you have to get buzzed into. Yeah. If if it's not a pawn shop, you're getting a hand job. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just like it's just what it is. And as a fellow libertarian i believe it should be regulated i was just in costa rica last year for a bachelor party and allegedly there were many many beautiful <laughs> prostitutes there and incredibly and cheap <laughs> strong cocaine allegedly of course and uh but it was all regulated and it's like a, you know i remember talking to this one colombian girl maria and by the way you know you're a dirtbag i was at a casino next to a brothel in costa rica i ran into a friend of mine <laughs> not even on the bachelor party of course like, you did yeah no, i'm like wow, i gotta Kind of a better class of people here. It's embarrassing. Well, Amsterdam is still like that. I took my family through the red light district. Oh, did you really? How was oh, your daughter? 
Good, great. She was behind the glass, actually. How old was she? <laughs> uh, she, well, she wasn't actually on this trip. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, everybody right now is going to say we're live on Facebook. Uh, this is John Holstrom right here. This is his new magazine. It's called Stone Age. You can find that where, John? All over the place. We're in San Francisco, New York. Uh, check out Metropolis. It's the main place that carries it. They're on 3rd Avenue near 10th Street. They're about to move to Broadway. I go three Broadway in May. Comedian, comedian, and uh, fellow maniac Brian McCarthy. Hi, yeah. hi Facebook. Hi, <laughs> hi. And, and Mr. Ron hi, Mark McDonald. Zuckerberg. Hi, all seven people. Yeah. Uh, oh no. <laughs> uh, so, uh, sorry. Where were we, guys? Right? Where were we talking about? I don't know. Mark? I just noticed yeah, yeah. this fucking creepy guy walking on this camera. Like I'm like, like a Vulcan. Is that your tricorder? <laughs> <laughs> no intelligent life it's here. A, it's no a worry. Geiger counter. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You're radioactive, man. Yeah, you're gonna be fine. So don't yeah. worry. We do not so, have the warp drive yet. That's for sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was just uh, did a little shout out on Facebook for everybody. I want to I want to promote John's magazine because I believe in everything he does. The artwork is simply amazing. I really do like it. You can almost like there's a centerfold in here that like look at that. Like how cool is that? Oh, it's like yeah. you, that, that should be in a, a frame. Who, who did that uh, artwork? Is that something you pulled off? We don't know. This uh, Yo Books uh, Reefer Madness is the collection of Reefer Madness comic books uh, strips. From the 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, they all involve teenagers smoking pot and then going crazy and killing people. Oh, cool! <laughs> and that was uh, a great this movie. was from a this image is from a detective magazine, and the headline is "Marijuana I Sold Hollywood Stars." <laughs> so, this was all. This was all, this is it was banned because of the Mexicans, like literally, right? Like, Robert, this Robert, goes back to the. Well, to the wall, you know, Hoover. <laughs> I, 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 heard, I heard a rumor that Hoover wanted to go after all the jazz musicians, right? Because all the jazz musicians right. were smoking pot. These... And they, they, there's a bunch of songs out about marijuana. There's right. a great story with um, uh, Satchmo coming back into the country with. Uh, he was on tour with uh, uh, the president at the time was Gerald Ford, and he's walking. He always kept his weed in the horn of his the trumpet, and as he's walking through, he got nervous because all the security and everything. So he turns to the president. And he goes, "Hey man, would you carry my horn through?" And he goes, "Sure, I'll take it." And, he, and the president of the United States walked his horn through with the fucking well, weed. Actually, in the it's, bu- <laughs> it's not a true story. There's a cartoon, animated cartoon on the internet about that. Jeez. And uh, I read it. Allegedly, it was not Ford, it was Nixon. Apparently, Nixon was a big fan of Louis Armstrong's. Uh, I see trees of white. <laughs> <laughs> Red my horn. Yeah. Hold my horn. <laughs> I will, you, you'll get it I'll through. I'll walk through. Sure, you dusky coon. Oh, God. <laughs> Nixon just called him a oh. dusky coon. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Take can't, that part out, man. Can't take you anywhere, man. Thanks. I'm gonna be on the front cover of the New York Post because of your fucking racist comments. Hey, I want to go back to your uh, please. The the most interesting man in the world. Sure, sure. So, did you get paid a ton of money for that? Because those were great. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I was paid the princely sum of twenty five thousand dollars for all of them. I wrote five. They the way. I'll just real quick. So, I had been Bacardi. Owns everything, right? Mm-hmm. So Bacardi owns Dos Equis, They own Corona. I never figured out how like they, you know they own like Captain Morgan's. They also own Bacardi. So, and it's all different marketing for these brands and things. And so the name of the company is Mirrorball, and it's a guy named Michael Bladder. Okay, and Michael Bladder's uh, uh, a brother, Stephen Bladder, runs Sirius XM, but whatever. But anyway, so I had been my mentor 
who was in the wrestling stuff, he his his he was Michael Butter's godfather. So they were like, kind of like I had done a little punch up for like just some bullshit for them, like just kind of here and there, and they pay me five hundred bucks here, a thousand dollars there, and you know just kind of little little things, and then um. And then they said to me, I got a call, and they go, look, and this is Michael on the phone. He owns this company, Mirrorball, and he goes, look, we got this new thing. It's this guy. Every woman wants to fuck him. Every man wants to be him. He's an older guy. He's the most interesting man in the world. And it's for Dos Equis. This is before they did any art. This is before they did anything. This is like just kind of, it was just going to be on paper for a minute. And he goes, can you can you give me a couple? And if so, I'll put you, like, I'll give you the, the thing. You can be on it or whatever. So I wrote a couple and I wrote like 12, I think, 15 maybe. And then emailed him to me. And then like literally 10 minutes later, he's like, 25K, we get full use, like, and I need 500. And I was like, at the time, I was bartending. I was 31 years old. And um, I was like, yeah, fucking great. Like, I've never paid $25,000 or anything. So I said, okay, cool. So I sat down on my computer. Um, I popped open a bottle of wine. I like to drink. <laughs> and, not those seconds. No, not those seconds. Yeah. <laughs> no, beer makes me fat. Versteiner beer? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Warsteiner. Yeah, who get a Warsteiner? So I go and, uh, and, and I just started t- typing these things, and I just, there's a pantameter to it. Like, he wants to do this because of that. A bop, a bop, a bop, a bop. Like, his blood type is awesome. He can swim with sharks, but he prefers dolphins. I mean, of the 500, maybe. Maybe if I'm lucky, 200 were good. You know, I don't know. Like, right. and at some point, and I, I really wrote them so quickly that I was nervous to email them back to him because I thought he was going to be like, "Oh, this guy's full of shit." Because I just was like, I got in the groove and I was just popping them out, popping them out, and they really only could be four, you know, four, seven, maybe nine words. You know, in this in this sort of syntax. So I over the weekend, I wrote most of them in two days. Took a look at some of them, hated most of them, wrote more. And then sent it away, and then literally like a day later, I got a, a cashier check for twenty five grand. Now I always heard those were based on the Chuck Norris jokes. Remember the Chuck Norris I do, jokes? Yes. yes, yeah, it makes sense. Well, they, if you remember, also this was when it was a really successful ad campaign, and that's why people know it. But like they, every other liquor company, like uh, what Jameson tried to bring something like that, another beer company tried to bring. Everyone kind of was doing this like spoke jokey spokesperson kind of kind of thing. So it didn't didn't really take the Chuck Norris thing was did take, but that wasn't really a product. It was just like a, a, a kind of an early meme. No, but yeah. I, I heard that the yes. Dosaki's campaign yeah. was based on the uh, Chuck Norris. Right. Yeah, I just literally, I didn't even, it wasn't even on my radar. And they I mean, just what got, was like some of the Chuck Norris jokes? I, you I, remember you know, I, I know what you're I talking about. I don't about. remember this. Yeah, like, like oh, uh, Chuck <clears throat> Norris like, you know, doesn't need to do this because, you know, he's Chuck Norris. So I, yeah. know, I, like when he does <clears throat> push-ups, he pushes the earth down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, right, stuff right, like right. that. like He's like beyond Superman, all-powerful person of all time. Oh, yeah, that's and then funny. the actor that they hired to play the most interesting man in the world is this Jewish guy um, from Pasadena <laughs> who owned a restaurant and just did part-time acting. And so, but I was never involved. It was a weirdest thing. They like, got fired, or he wanted more well, money they, or something. They or? tried to like reboot the whole idea like two or three years ago, and it just didn't take. So they just kind of stopped it. I don't because there was another guy that became the yeah. There was a younger guy. It was like him, but he wasn't the same look. No, it wasn't. Not at all. Looked totally different. And and, uh, I mean, they did a Heineken guy. There was. I just remember all of these different because then it was on my radar. I was kind of like you know this is back when I had full vision and stuff. And but they was the weirdest thing was like I wrote all these things. They paid me and I never heard from them again. I just kind of was like. I did it. I know I did it. Like, there's documentation somewhere that I did it, but it's like I never heard back. I'm like, all right. So, here's some of the Chuck Norris things Chuck Norris built the hospital he was born in. Chuck Norris <laughs> doesn't flush the toilet. Did you know Chuck Norris had a role in Star Wars? He was the force. <laughs> Chuck Norris uh, once. 
urinated. Uh, what? Uh, uh, urinated. Uh, this is cut off. I'm sorry. Hold on. Oh, he, he once urinated in a semi truck. Gas tank is a joke. The truck is now known as Optimus Prime. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so like, yeah. There's like, there's a whole bunch of weird stuff like that. There's like a million of them. Like, we met Optimus Prime. Yeah, we did. That's a really cool story. So, uh, a really good friend of ours, Mike Starr, the actor. Uh, he. He uh, has a friend out out in L.A. You ever been to the Smokehouse, Brian? Uh, it's is that the place up in Malibu? No, no, across from Warner Brothers Studios, like right yeah. across the street. It's, I, it's no, an old, no. it's a famous restaurant. It's an old time Hollywood restaurant. It's absolutely beautiful. The food is, eh, yeah. but as far as ambiance goes, it's a ten. And uh, Mike Starr's friend, uh, he he bartends there. Okay. And one night we're there, and he goes. Oh, I want you to meet somebody. This is Peter Culkin. Is that his last name? I think so, yeah. yeah. And he, he goes, he's the voice of Optimus Prime. Wow. And I was like, what? Like, it was like growing up, Transformers was like huge. And it's like, like a huge. kind of small, dapper man with this pencil mustache. And, oh, yeah? and, he's, and he's old, you know, older. Right. And uh, to hear the voice come out of him of this this thing from Transformers. But here's yeah. a funny story. Steve manages to, he's got a few drinks. Well, we, 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 we all got wasted. It so was like so much he, fun. He, he wants to record Peter saying oh the stuff and, <laughs> as Optimus Prime. Uh-huh. So on the recording, you hear him. He goes, what do you want me to do? He goes, yeah, good. Uh, he goes Optimus. All right. Ready, Optimus, go. <laughs> That's what you yeah. hear on the recording. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the guy did it. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, you know, he was like, this. Uh, uh, you may not believe it, but this is Steve. Steve. He's my friend. <laughs> and I was like, 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 you told little me that I'd be getting drunk with Optimus Prime. I would have been like, no way. But uh, he was a really nice guy, and he does like, yeah, he tells great stories, and he's so cool. We, he, you know, the guy can drink, man. He put away like he, 10 martinis. He gets so loaded, and then he has a Rolls Royce. Oh, and then, and then they come and pick him up. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Boy, man. <laughs> fucking, I, I, it's like right out of Goodfellas. You might fold under questioning. <laughs> you think? Yeah. The uh, my I, this porn guy that I I worked a lot with. He lived in Studio City, and he had this kind of one of those canyon houses. that was built in the back of a canyon, and his next door neighbor. Was the guy's dead now, but he was a movie trailer voice guy, right? And so, oh, I know exactly who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, um, bald guy with like a mustache. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, had like a young wife, and I remember one day we were, um, we were, we like went over to his house, and we're over. It's probably you know, a five million dollar house, you know, fucking crazy house, and whatever. And we're, and, and we're hanging out, and he's kind of giving me a tour because, like, you know, I'm I I've lived in New York for my since I was a kid, and so. I'm always like uh, fascinated by homes. I don't know. I just like I like to see somebody's house, you know. And right. LA, it's all about your house. Look, California people create their own California. That's kind of what it is. <laughs> if you like, if you get out there, you want to. So I say to him, I go, "Can we go downstairs? We go down these spiral stairs, and this is it's it's not. A, there was really no basements because there are earthquakes in California, but it was sort of like a right. sunken living room. And he's going. He goes, "Oh shit!" He goes, "I gotta." You guys, I'm sorry. He goes, help yourself. Go make a drink or something. I gotta go. I gotta go to work for a minute. And he's wearing like a robe. And he had a really hot young wife. And yeah. he goes into the sound booth and just I, I'm kind of watching because the sound booth. And he puts headphones on. There's a hot mic right there. And he goes, "In a world gone mad." And he does it for like. <laughs> and he goes, "In a world gone mad." In a world gone mad. And he does that like for about a minute or two. <laughs> takes headphones off, comes back out. He's like, "I just worked." <laughs> he's yeah. like, I, like, "I just made a hundred grand." Yeah, pretty much. Like it's fucking. That's. I'm trying to find his name because he's such a famous guy. Actually, yeah. they did a commercial with him. I think at one point, didn't they? I, yes, they. It was, yes. Yeah. Didn't uh, he die? Yeah, yeah he, he does. Just, uh, he did, yeah, right? Not so yeah. long not ago. Not too long ago. He's pretty fairly recently. Yeah. No, because you know, like uh, Billy West. Okay, I got you. Thank you, uh, Billy West. You know, like now that you don't. Uh, no, well, um, Johnny Brennan. 
Okay, he's how you say does the voice of Monk. Don Mort- LaFontaine. There you go. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Brennan does the voice of Mort Goldman on Family Guy. He's been on the show. I wanted to talk to you like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. basically the jerky boy is involved into Mort Goldman. And uh, he basically goes, I, I can't say how much he gets paid, but he basically goes into, does all the Mort Goldman lines in one shot and then gets paid. He doesn't have to work for the rest of the year. Yep. That's it. Yeah. You yeah. know, because a Family Guy is like huge. Plus, he's the red M&M. No, no, that's Billy West. Oh, I thought you were talking about Billy. No, Sorry. no, no, no. I'm talking about uh, Johnny Brennan. Yeah. Because, yeah. well, like, you know, Mort's not a, he's not on every episode. So, but, you know, I'm sure he gets, like, Johnny, that, that, that's all he does. He has one day of work for the whole year. And J.K. Simmons is the yellow Eminem. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. Can, I, can, I, can, I can tell the story now. So, yeah. uh, Oz, the TV show Oz, if sure. anybody remembers, uh, it, was of a, it was a prison. And J.K. Simmons wasn't, like, he, that big yet. <laughs> no. He played <laughs> the evil Nazi. Yeah. Well, so he played the evil Nazi. Nazi. So, yeah, they made the trains run on time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right on time. So there's a scene where... No ticket. You're fine, no ticket. Yeah, don't worry. Just get on the fucking train. Only one stop. Oh, Jesus. Oh my God! I'm so glad I had you guys on. We're doing a filling <laughs> check before everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. board. All right, all right. Does all right. Need I don't stretch their legs. <laughs> people, are, the seven people listening to this are going to protest the show now. Right. So, uh, no. I, so, there's a scene where like he gets a new roommate, uh, JK's uh, Nazi character, yep. and he's he makes him he brands him. So he yep. burnt the pen and he put his initials, burnt his initials on his ass. Yep. So now. Literally, Oz is blowing up, and now JK's character is a huge standout. And uh, Billy West had a, a party at his house, and he invited me, and all of a sudden I'm standing there, and I go, Holy shit, that's fucking the dude from Oz. JK Rowling. His, his wife goes, Yeah, JK Simmons. And he Simmons, was, sorry. Uh, so, and he go, I go, and She goes, Oh, that's JK. He's a sweetheart. Come on, I'll introduce you. So he goes, And all of a sudden he's like, So, how do you know Billy? He goes, Oh, Billy's the red M&M, I'm the yellow M&M. I went, get the hell out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. So he starts telling me this story, and he goes, well, here's this, you know what's really cool? He goes, the animators of the M&M commercials are a huge Oz fans. So you know what they get? They gave me, uh, it's the yellow, it's the red M&M bent over, and the yellow M&M's burning an M in his ass. <laughs> uh, that's so great. That's really good. I was like, oh, he goes, but don't tell anybody. I was like, you know, 100 years ago. Right, but, right, right. uh yeah, so they, they were they were totally screwing with him, but uh, yeah, it's getting that time. Does anybody have anything to plug? Any Twitter things? Uh, oh. I don't, Johnny. You got Stone Age magazine uh, that's available. Um, where you got all these cool cartoons in there? It's a really fun read. I really like it. It's like uh, you I, you should save these because they're, they're like works of art. I really like it. We had a little party the other night for a lunch. Jeez. There's two episodes out. Uh, the first one's got get some a room, art. you two. I want I want to, I want to uh, plug Hepcat. Okay. That's my cartoon character in Stone Age. Yeah. Hepcat uh, Comics. Me and John. IX have, on me and John. Instagram. Had, uh, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Uh, Hepcat Comics. IX. Comics with IX on Instagram. That's okay. my big plug. All right. And uh, we, no, I was going to say, me and John had a very interesting night out one night. Yeah. That, that, uh, that, that altered John's. Uh, uh, Psyche. Have you told this story? Yet? I've never told this story. Oh, it's a good one. Let's go. Let's so, go. so I'm bartending, and we had uh, like I was like I said earlier, I was in uh, I was the main lead in uh, John's um, 
comic. I mean, he's a cartoon that didn't ma- unfortunately make it. But sure. so we had a, uh, we had the first viewing party at the bar that I used to work at, and I'm bartending, and we had like maybe 30, 40 people. Roy, you came, right? Right. So now we have this big party, and now it, everybody leaves around eleven o'clock. Now it's just Roy, my ex-wife, and my, our friend Chris at the end of the bar. I have to work until four, so it's like only like eleven, eleven thirty. But there's nobody at the bar, and then this drunken Irish guy that's a regular. Real perverted guy, like he's like I, I've had to throw him out because he's like he grabs girls and shit. He comes in and he's coked out of his mind and drunk, and he pushes a. a I know what he drinks. He drinks Budweiser, so the Budweiser is five dollars. I put the beer down and he pushes a bunch of singles at me. So I go through the singles and it's seven dollars. So I figured five dollars in the register. I put the other two in my uh, my tip cup, and he, he goes, "Where's me fucking two dollars, you cunt?" And I go, "What? What?" He goes, I gave you fucking seven dollars by a horrible Irish accent. That's I gave great. you fucking seven dollars <laughs> right. and you fucking yeah, give me back my two dollars. I go, here you go, take your two dollars, Jerry. Shut the fuck up. He goes, he goes, Oh, you're a cunt. You're a bloody fucking cunt. Everybody's <laughs> talking about what a cunt you are. You know that? You're a fucking cunt. And I go, give me that fucking beer. Here's your five dollars. Get the fuck out. He goes, Oh, you better give me back that beer. You're a fucking cunt. You better be get give it back. I said, get out of my fucking bar. And now he stands up like and he throws the chair back. And I said, What are you gonna do? And now I'm hoping that John, my wife, and uh, Chris see this because now he's coming, like he's coming around the bar. I was watching the Knicks. Yeah, and <laughs> so and the funny thing is, if, if John Holstrom's like the nicest, sweetest, nonviolent guy, right? So now I'm hoping that they see it and they're like, "Hey, what are you doing?" They don't. So now he's standing. It's a long bar, about the length, the whole length of the bar, and he's standing like oh, like on the side of the bar. And I go, I pick up a vodka bottle. I go, "Yo, motherfucker, don't you dare!" Don't do it. And he charged me. And he threw a punch. And I ducked the punch. And I smashed him in the head with the vodka bottle. I remember this. Yeah. And uh, so it was like a big pink cloud. And now he falls down. And he's got a giant hunk of skin hanging off his forehead. And his blood blood is gushing everywhere. So I just go into panic mode. I grab a bar rag. I drag him by the collar. Throw him on the floor. I take this flop. flop the skin over his head. And I'm holding it. I'm putting pressure on the cut. And and this time... He's like, John, you want to take it from there? <laughs> well, by now, Chris and I see what's happening. We both try to help Grillo subdue this guy. But he's so coked up, three of us could barely stop him. Yeah, oh. so I had, I sat on this guy. Give his dealer's number? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's in the hall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, I, I'm trying to help this guy because I'm thinking I'm going to jail for manslaughter because he's going to bleed to death. And he's punching me in the head while I'm holding the flop of skin. I'm putting pressure <sighs> on his forehead. Can you stop saying flop of skin, please? Yeah. <laughs> fucking throw up. Uh, what, are, what are you, a mo- uh, moil? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so um, now he's bleeding. I'm uh, literally I'm covered in blood up to my forearms. So I, he punches me in the head. So I took my finger, I took my finger and I stuck it in the cut. Just so he goes, I said, stop hitting me. I'm trying to help you. So it took about like 20 minutes for the cops to come. And I literally, I I held him down for 20 minutes. He wanted to get up. I was like, you're not getting up. The cops came. The ambulance came. They arrested him and everything. But this John was so traumatized by this. He was like, what what the hell? I can't believe you just did that. I can't believe you just did that. (laughs) I thought it was the greatest thing I ever saw. (laughs) Talk about a superhero. Yeah. Vodka bottle man. (laughs) Okay. So you got your uh, Hepcat comics. Uh, what about you, you psycho? What do you got? Okay, folks, listen. Thank. Give it a minute. Let's <laughs> make myself laugh. This is stupid. BrianPMcCarthy.com. Go to the shop. Click on the shop. Promo code Gay G A Y F O R P A Y. 
at Brian P. McCarthy. Yeah. There's all sorts of. I'm selling um, blowjob cushions. We have <laughs> um, we have coffee mugs, yeah. t-shirts. Um, and then if you like um, Misery Loves Company, you can find it on, we're on any, any kind of platform you can think of. Brian McCarthy Interview Show, again, any platform you can think of, at Brian P. McCarthy on Twitter, and of course, Brian McCarthy Interview Show on Facebook. So we, we have, uh, and then of course, I also host, uh, co-host of Burning Bridges on Compound Media, Mondays and Wednesdays. With and the wonderful Co- Kevin Brennan. With the wonderful Kevin Brennan. Beautiful. He's really and a nice guy. I had a good time with yeah, him. Yeah, he's a legitimately nice guy, I know. He, and, uh, he, and that's for Compound Media, so this all can be. But if you just go to my website, it's all did, these buttons. Did, did and shit he break on his it. arm? That was an issue last week. He fell down the stairs. No, he's fine. He's, okay, he's just fifty nine. He needs to drink whole milk. <laughs> he's fifty nine, old lady. Yeah, yeah. He he's, does not look fifty nine. Yeah, it's cl- clean living. He eats a lot of ass too. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's restorative that, qualities. That always helps. Yeah, exactly. Roy, uh, you, would you like to do the commercial for yourself? <laughs> sure, I can do well, it. I have a new website. Uh, okay, it's, uh, okay. Seven little kids in my tool shed. If uh, if you <laughs> yeah. go to that website, <laughs> oh, yeah. you can actually see there's oh. a vi- uh, live, uh, live cameras in it. the yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. Filipinos. <laughs> uh, brightshot.com, uh, B-R-I-T-E-S-H-O-T. If you go there and you write, Noah, give me a fucking T-shirt, or no, Noah, Steve says to give me a fucking T-shirt and put your size in, you'll get one. Wow. Yeah, and, so there uh, you go. And you can do the same thing, but we're going to have F-sharp, uh, we have F-sharp uh, T-shirts and hats. We're going to be doing a giveaway. Possibly, I'll, I'll probably do it um, when we start uh, filming so I can actually show the T-shirts and stuff like that, uh, which will be hopefully happening within the next week or two. Uh, you got James D. Christofaro Faro, uh, at the DCL firm. Are you overwhelmed with toxic business relationships oh or business God. disputes that consume too much of your time that distract you? Slow it down. Just slow it down. Do you want to get out from under those go. disputes so that you can focus on running or growing your business? There you go. Do you want answers for a business partner or vendor that I has do. cut off all communications and has gone radio silent? He bailed me out. And it was like in 10 minutes he was there, you know, bailed me out. Oh, really? I was when I got arrested that time. Oh, the, yeah. The lewd thing. What, <laughs> yeah, in Times Square. <laughs> yeah, 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 he, he was Spider-Man, but his cock was hanging out. <laughs> Spider cock. <laughs> Have you answered yes to any of these questions? James and the DCL firm, they can help. DCL is a commercial litigation, commercial law business litigation, business law attorney headquartered here in New York. They are, have aggressive representation, both plaintiffs and defendants in business disputes, for over 15 years to get results for my clients uh, that have resolved over $100 million in business disputes. Contact DCL Firm now. And then we have uh, Roy McDonald. Got that? We got Wurstheiner Beer. I am a big fan of Wurstheiner Beer because they, 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 they're right there for you when you need them. I was a vodka drinker. Now I'm a Wurstheiner drinker because Warsteiner's premium pilsner, a refreshing golden pale pilsner (laughs) with a clean taste, perfectly balanced. How big is your tongue? Uh, I want to try that one. Hits of mar- barley, subtle bottom fermenting yeast tones, and a mild hoppy bitterness. Oh, the bitterness. There's yeah. something there for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a key word. Bitterness. Okay. And then we got my boy, Richard Prinzi at F Sharp Tax Management. They saved my life. They are the best tax people you can find in the business. And cool t-shirts. And I they got have one the cool other day. t-shirts. Yeah. And uh, they do tax compliance management, tax audit res- uh, resolution, uh, and they're registered agent service for tax compliance management. They, the complexities of the internal rev- revenue service combined the in- with in- anal? The, 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 the complexities of trying to read <laughs> a written <Intainal>. copy. <laughs> I wish I was blind. The internal revenue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got Brian stabbing himself in the ear right now. <laughs> what the fuck. Uh, 
the, uh, the complexities of the Internal Revenue Service combined with the ever-changing client environment makes assisting clients with tax compliances a constant challenge, whether working with federal or state issues, domestic or foreign matters, or individual of business clients, F-sharp tax management services has got you covered. They reduce the odds that you will be singled out for that extra attention in the first place by having a con... Uh, what's that? A competent, and knowledge, knowledgeable <laughs> tax service. <laughs> Richard loves this, by the way. Uh, you're going to see Richard at Prinzy.com. Uh, you can see FSharpTax.com. Richard. Okay, uh, they do it all. They are the people that you want to do your taxes with. Fuck H&R Block. Fuck your accountant that you have right now. FSharp is mm. the man. I got to do shout outs to Pro Media and Hangar Studios in this super awesome, beautiful studio space and the professionalism that goes along with it. They are the best. They are so awesome if you want to do a podcast you're going to be live streaming here um you want to look up hangar studios uh they uh chad is the guy you oh want to talk God. to if you want to book a room and do a show they're the man chris munger i want to thank chris munger and my royal band for their music contributions i want to thank my boy max and my engineer in the back Are so, is somebody chasing you yeah <laughs> yeah i, I just uh, this, is what, this is this is what stressed out. Yeah, yeah, exactly next thing you know my alarm's going off i gotta go to work <laughs> yeah i got uh, i got bobby zoo my executive producer who is Doing Bobby an Zoo. awesome Bobby Zoo. Doing a wonderful job here as my executive producer. Uh, you want to find us? It's hashtag AfterShockXL on all platforms: SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. We're all over the place. We have at uh, AfterShockXL on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Great. My Instagram is at Grillo Vader. My Twitter is at Steve Gorilla Seventy Two, and my Facebook is Stephen Grillo. I want to thank all my guests. This was a very fun show. Thank uh, you. Thank you for bringing. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get like canceled after this because Brian McCarthy is here. Do, do us all a favor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he's bleeding out of the ears. I want to thank I, I want to thank John Holstrom and Roy McDonald for doing the show. I want right. to thank everybody thank you, that's Steve. involved. Yeah, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Hopefully, maybe yeah. more than ten people will listen. No, I'm just kidding. We're actually numbers are going up every week. I want to thank everybody for the support and the love and the confidence that you give me to come here and do this every week. God. Uh, it's very much appreciated. And Brian, I just want to say, well, Brian, go fuck yourself. Thank yeah. you, everybody. Bye. <laughs> bye. <Bye-bye. laughs>